Hi, welcome to Over Beers, a craft beer conversation podcast. I'm Freddie Clark. Coming up today, we've got a conversation with Chris Mazone and Josh Kizitoff of Eight and Sand Beer in Woodbury, New Jersey. During our discussion, we're going to talk a little bit about the Great American Beer Festival. So I figured I'd give you a little history of the event. The Great American Beer Festival, or GABF, is the oldest and largest craft beer festival and beer competition in the United States. It happens every fall in Denver, Colorado. It was started in 1982 by the American Home Brewers Association, which has since become the Brewers Association. Every year, GABF represents the largest collection of U.S. beer ever served, bringing together the brewers and diverse beers of the United States. Over the course of the three-day event at the Colorado Convention Center, it includes a public tasting and a private competition. During the tasting, attendees can sample about 3,000 beers, but one ounce at a time. In 2018, its dates are September 20th through the 22nd. The competition awards gold, silver, and bronze awards in 96 different style categories. Industry professionals from around the world are invited to judge without knowing the brand names and determine awards based on the following criteria. Gold, a world-class beer that accurately exemplifies the specified style, displaying the proper balance of taste, aroma, and appearance. Silver is an excellent beer that may vary slightly from style parameters while maintaining close adherence to the style and displaying excellent taste, aroma, and appearance. And bronze, a fine example of the style that may vary slightly from style parameters and or have minor deviations in style, aroma, or appearance. Basically, gold, silver, bronze. Chris Mazone and Chris Burke opened Eight and Sand in Woodbury, New Jersey in September 2016. This past weekend, I visited their brewery at 1003 North Evergreen Avenue. We set up to record in their taproom. Chris Burke couldn't make it because he's recently become a father. Congratulations, Chris. But Chris Mazone and sales manager Josh Kizitoff were there to talk over beers. All right, this is Chris Mazone. This is uh, Josh Kizitoff. And we are here at Eight and Sand. So I guess the first thing I wanted to start with was Eight and Sand mm-hmm. is not a common beer brewery name. Nope. Where did it come from? It's very obscure. Very obscure. So we started with a very generic name. We were South Jersey Brewing Company, and that's our LLC's name. Okay. We're still South Jersey Brewing Company LLC. But, you know, the feedback that we got is it's a, just a little bit bland, mm-hmm. you know, and we wanted, we wanted a little bit more of a personality. So when we chose this location right in Woodbury... Uh, we notice that the train is one building over the train line, uh, and you can hear it as it goes by the tasting room. <laughs> so we're like, okay, trains, like that could be our brand. You know, there's so much history. You know, Woodbury was built on trains. You know, it's one of the oldest train hubs in the state. Um, so we just looked at some terms, uh, some train terms. Eight and sand just came right out to us, and it means quick and safe travels. Okay. So eight comes from notch eight, which is the fast, fastest setting on certain trains, so quick. And sand is shot onto tracks to prevent slippage, so quick and safe. There you go. Yeah. Nice. So there's a good possibility a train may come buzzing by while we're talking. Oh, absolutely. That's possible. Yep. All right. Yeah, that, that would be cool. All right, so I'll be ready. If the, does the building <laughs> shake or is it just the, st- the building sand? doesn't shake. Okay. You definitely but hear it, though. Here, if you're in the backyard, it. you know, you can see it. You can see it go by okay. in the backyard. Nice. Cool. So that's where the name came from. Then why beer? Why beer? What do you For mean? all the businesses that oh. a, a man such as yourself could go into... 
Yep. Why? What, what got you into doing? What got you into beer? So it's interesting. My so yeah, I have more of the business background. My partner Chris Burke is the brewer, and Josh is our sales manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what is it? 2014. You know, I I, I I wanted to start my own business, and mm-hmm. my dad came to me and said, "Well, why don't you start a brewery? You know, you could it could be somehow tied to." You know Benjamin Franklin, and he has that saying. You know, um, you know what's the saying? Oh, beer it's is proof, beer is that, proof God that God loves, God loves, loves us. us and yep. wants us to be happy. Yep. So when I looked that up, it's actually not a saying by Ben Franklin. It was some. It was something about wine grapes, but uh, he never actually said that. But you know that I still really had the bug for opening up a brewery because I knew. It was actually at the time my two good friends, Ian and Chris, were really good brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, home brewers, obviously. Um, so we had meeting after meeting after meeting, talking about how we could do this, would it work, running the numbers, tasting the beer. Eventually, Ian went off to be a lawyer, you know, successful lawyer, <laughs> whatever. Sellout. <laughs> loser. What a sellout. What yeah. a loser. Uh, you know, but Burke and I kept at it. A lot of test batches in my garage. A lot of test batches in my garage on his home home uh, grown system. And we eventually bought uh, a used test batch system from our good friend Paul from Glastown. So Glastown is over in Millville, uh, and that's actually still uh, we still use that as a as a test system. It's actually being used right now. Actually, at, at this moment, yeah. Okay. Our, one of our assistant brewers, Fish, is using it right now. So it was actually your father who recommended going into the beer business. Yep. That's counter to almost every other story <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. Stay away from beer. Yeah, quite the opposite. Right, his dad's <laughs> yeah. like, Don't do this. Yeah. Bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. All right. What about you, Josh? Um, I got well. I got brought into the picture much later. Um, you said 2014 is when you really started. Yep. I got brought in maybe four months before we opened, so probably of June-ish of last year. Yeah. Um, I had a huge action with the high school with these guys but before I even applied. Gateway. Yeah. I didn't even realize that they were the owners. Kind of walked into the interview like, oh, hello, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Serendipity. Yeah. Remember yeah. When we had when we had the it was second the house. Yeah. It was, it was at the poor house, house which is a house, really yeah. awesome uh, bar in uh, Westmont. Okay. Um, but I've, I've been in Philly for the past. 13 years, and I've been in and out of the uh, restaurant industry there, okay. doing um, managing, running beer programs over there for different bars and restaurants. Okay. And then recently, I got some sales experience, so it kind of kind of fit both of those skill sets that I've accumulated over the couple of years. Okay, so the so. beer bug sounds like it bit you a long time ago. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, I came up a bartender. I think when I was 19 years old, okay. um, I strictly just kind of fo- I'm a big spirit guy too, but mm-hmm. beer kind of spoke to me in a certain way. And right. I kind of followed that. Okay, throughout. okay, great. Talking more more about craft beer, though, I, I you know I actually didn't drink throughout college, uh, which was weird. I went to University of Delaware, but right when I started in public accounting, I got into drinking heavily. <laughs> no, not not heavily, um, but um, I got into craft beer. I remember my first one was. Uh, Sierra Nevada Keller Vice. I just mm-hmm. love it. It was an easy beer to get into. I love the style, and I just fell in love with it. And then I just kept climbing, you know, the different different breweries, different beers. Um, well, that sounds like a, that's always a common. There's always one. There's always yeah. that one in, entry Keller gateway Vice. beer. Yep. And then you work your way down the line and yep. delve deeper and deeper and deeper. Exactly. Into different styles, into different <laughs> into different uh, breweries. Exactly. We have a gateway beer here. It's our blonde. You know, it's okay. it's very easy drinking. It's crisp. It's lighter. 
um, and then we'll push you know another beer to right. you, and you know and try this, try that. Right. Well, which is which is definitely a good way to go because a lot of people will be intimidated with craft beer. Mm-hmm. You know the you know the old story is always oh I don't like craft beer I don't like hops, but it's not necessarily all there is. Nope. Yeah, some kind of uh, people just assume that that's what they they coincide with each other, mm-hmm. and craft beer is going to be. You know, 120 IBUs. I just right. think that's what it is. Right. I don't know how, how that really starts. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know either. Where that but I misconception do, happens. I remember one of my um, a friend. You know, I was explaining some of the breweries that I like, and he responds back to me, "Oh, you like IPAs too?" And I'm like, "So you just correlate, you know, craft beer with IPA? Like that's oh no, like what's going yeah, on it's here? Just a style. That's not good. Right. It's just one of the styles." And I'm not even a huge hophead. I'm more of a malty guy. I might okay. love our uh, English mild, which is in. Uh, a dark mild mm-hmm. um, called the Brass Pounder or Stouts and things of that nature so mm-hmm. I, I kind of go a little lower on the hop scale mm-hmm. for my taste anyway right right okay. so the brewery's been open now a year and change a year and change you may be okay. a year and three months uh, September so October, November yeah okay. a year and two months So, but how long ago was the garage the brewing in your garage that went really close up to how long ago did it start so so it started you know it started right away in in like probably March of 2014 okay now they but you already had the idea at that point gonna do the brewery that's it got these guys who who brew let's start brewing in the the garage yeah and and again you know we we all grew up in the same town Winona um, went to Gateway together um, yeah, and, and, you know, it was a lot of their recipes, and they created new ones and brewed it back to back to back until we really refined it. Um, yeah, and we did that in my garage, you know, up until maybe like three months before <laughs> we opened here. Wow. Okay. And were you selling at that point, or that was just... No, that's, that's you know, experimentation. that's homebrew. Yeah, yeah. that was okay. just, we were just homebrewers back then, uh, you know, planning on... Uh, on brewing the same beers here. Yep. Okay. How many of those recipes were there at the, how many homebrew recipes were there at the time? Oh, there were probably about, I mean, there was a lot. How many came here? Probably about seven. Okay. Seven to ten. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, looking at, we're, we're sitting in the tap room right now and looking at that list of, of beers, that's, that's an extensive list. It's actually short for recently. I mean, we just kicked about three or four different styles there. Yeah. Okay. I think last week we had 19. Yeah. 19 different did. styles yeah. on tap. Okay. Yeah. So you've got the so the the garage kit is still back there. I guess it is, is your yeah. pilot system, your mm-hmm. experimenter. What's your sit? Well, how how big of a system do you have right now? Yep. So we have a a 10 barrel brew house, and there's three options at a 10 barrel. You can go electric. You can go direct fire, or you can go steam, and uh, we went with steam. Thus the train metaphor, It's too. perfect, yep. yeah. The steam, yep. <laughs> okay. Steam train, steam boiler, yep. Okay, and ferment and fermenters back there. You've got to have a few if you've got all these beers cooking. Yeah, yeah so we start out with four, um, four ten barrel. Okay. And one bright. And then right before we hit our one-year anniversary, we got two... 30 barrel tanks okay so we more than doubled capacity you know before year one ended wow that's great and that was mainly you know josh was killing it canning um mainly our ipa number two but also some others 
um, you know, bringing them to liquor stores. Yeah, and that, that we usually just use those 30s for canning right now for mm-hmm. huge runs. Okay. Um, cannings are just flying off the shelves right now. Okay. Uh, more than we anticipated, mm-hmm. I think. So. so one beer being canned right now? We did, right now it's just the IPA, but we okay. did a coffee porter just as like a quick one-off real fast. Mm-hmm. We did about 10 barrels of that, but that went in about two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably do that again with, uh, you know, seasonals. We'll try different things again and see what moves and what goes well. Okay. And then are you guys, I guess you're self-distributing yes. around? Yes. Yeah. Now is it just the local area? How far out are you I'm going? I'm delivering as far as North Jersey, um, at Jersey City right now. Okay. Uh, in Hoboken and Heldon. Um, and as far south as, I guess, Millville. Okay. So it's pretty extensive right now going through. Right. And yeah. But staying within New Jersey. Not, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not yeah. So we, obviously PA. our core is right within five, like our best accounts are within two miles from the right. It's, no, I'm just wondering because yeah. Philadelphia is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. something yeah. we're good. Yeah, yeah, we got it. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because yeah. right. yeah, that is close. Yeah, absolutely. Different, I can see know. it from here, basically. <laughs> I know. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, there are different regulations and rules that, that when you cross state lines, you have to go with a distributor. So we're mm-hmm. trying to take our time in picking one. Okay. What's your general idea behind your the approach to brewing? I know you're not the brewer, yep. but is there a general mentality or general approach? There is. You know, he went when he um, when Burke studied abroad in Europe, he really did fall in love with the beer and he it definitely shows, you know, on our tap list, there's mostly European sessionable styles, mostly lower ABV. Um, you know, you'll see the the Dunkelweizen, the Hefeweizen, um, the Gretzer, which is you know a smoked, basically tastes like liquid kielbasa, which I love. I was drinking it earlier today. Um, but that's that's what he's that's what we're going for. Now, of okay. course, we have our New England style IPA number two, which I think is one of the best IPAs in in the state. Um, so we we absolutely venture off. But you know, there's always going to be that backbone of you know, kind of old style meets new, old European. And something about introducing unknown styles to the masses is pretty awesome. You know, right. Working mm-hmm. in the tasting room and people are like, oh, let me just get an IPA. And then you kind of introduce them to a Dunkelweizen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, introducing just different styles to people that have no knowledge of it. It's really awesome. Seeing that they're, they're you know, exploring different taste buds they didn't know they had. Right. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I always feel that, that beer tasting is, is like food tasting. There, there are so many different op- so many different styles, so many different options. And because of people going for what really just necessarily might sell, there's not always that experimentation discovery option. If, if you go to a place or you know follow a brewery that only has three or four beers, if you had to guess, you could write them down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and say what those three or four beers are going to be. Yep. But looking at what you guys are doing here, there's a, you, it's almost like a world tour. No, oh, almost, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to remember the last brewery I walked into where I even saw an Abbey Double. Yeah, and that, that's a, I, I love that beer. I know, really I know. Beer. I love the Double. I, I, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, it was one of the first beers we actually brewed, other than our main core. It was mm-hmm. like one of our first seasonal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. it, it went so well people it was like almost an outrage and when it was gone people were very upset about yeah, it so we yeah. had to bring it back sooner than later okay and our Bach too that was that our was great. you know we got a lager out 
a few months, maybe a couple. Months in? Yeah, four months in, which I think is, you know, lagers obviously take longer mm-hmm. to make because they're slower fermenting, uh, lo- you know, longer lagering. Um, so not as many you know, starting breweries do it. There have been a bunch that have, and I think it's awesome. But we didn't go with, you know, uh, just a generic Pilsner. We actually went with a Bach, which mm-hmm. I was pretty, really proud of. And we had a lot of fans of that Bach. Yep. Okay. So talking about the styles, I mean, you guys, a year and change and a couple months ago, you went out to Great American Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. And you won a we silver. Medaled. You medaled. <laughs> we medaled. Yeah, well, I think it's a win. That's a yeah, win in my book. Absolutely. You know, look, nobody, nobody comes. You know, nobody says I only got second place at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. No one, no one says that. Yeah. No, that was. Oh my gosh. You know, just going out there was kind of like our. You know end of year let's relax let's have fun let's celebrate Mm -hmm. there were 800 breweries there 3,000 beers we tasted most of them yeah Um, the beer festival day was a long day it was a long day day. we went to so many different tap takeovers and breweries what did you think of it I mean I had a blast no it was great Denver is a hell of a town right right. I've never been to Denver and that was a surreal experience I'm sure Denver is not always like that when you have have, you know, you know, 800 breweries in one city across the country. But I mean, it was just, every bar had a different tap takeover. Of, you know, let alone Denver itself has mm-hmm. a of breweries, but bring every breweries around the country into it. it was amazing. Right. Now, were you guys other than submitting to to the contest? Were you there pouring, or you guys were just there to drink and and have fun? We were there to drink and support the people that were pouring. Exactly. Um, yes. Uh, much respect to those. Much respect. To, yeah. To, uh, I'm gonna miss a bunch, but. You know, there was Tonewood, there was Cape May, uh, there was Kane, and there was a bunch of others. Um, yeah, that, that, that's amazing that they were they were pouring there. Very cool. You know, eventually we'll probably pour there. Probably not next year, but you know, it's definitely in the future. Okay. <laughs> it was a blast. So you entered. How many beers did you enter into the competition? I believe it was four. We entered you four. Yeah. Entered four. Yeah. Which is the max. Yeah. Okay, that's the most you can do. And the guy who brought home the silver for you is your it's bad bad hombre, right? It was bad hombre, yep. Okay. Which is our yep, in the chili beer category. So so bad hombre has a bunch of really cool stuff. So it's got Mexican cinnamon, Madagascar, vanilla beans, square one coffee and coffee. serrano peppers. So okay. it's it's a big beer. It's a cool beer. It's definitely got very some complexity and some layers yeah, to it. That's exactly. For sure. Yep. And it has some heat too. Mm-hmm. Some heat on the back end. Okay. So you're, you're sitting there, I'm guessing, when you're well, announcing. So well, first of all, it was it was interesting because uh, I kind of forgot to get tickets to the ceremony. <laughs> So okay. I was like, Josh, and like, hey guys, um, you guys continue to drink. I am gonna try to go rascal some tickets, uh, hustle some people. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You were going for a few hours. I was going for a few <laughs> hours, like in a panic, like Working his I magic. need tickets. You know, somehow I somehow someone got to the whole event director, um, and she like told me like, all right, you know go over here and like plead your case and luckily we got tickets to the event and I was at, as I was explaining the beers that we submitted to the people that handed me the three tickets 
they're all like, wow, that bad ombre sounds amazing. I'd love to try that. And then the next, you know, the next day we actually get a silver medal for it. That was awesome. Excellent. So I've never been. So I'm guessing you have, it's a big room. Giant doing room. The Thousands of people. I don't know how many people are in that room. Oh, my Plus gosh. the people waiting outside of the room, just looking at the screens. Looking at the screens, the screens. Yeah. It was a lot. Okay. I don't know how many people were in that room. It was a sea of people. It was amazing. Okay. It was great it was for, for a hangover, uh, hangover, too. It was yeah. great. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah, this like, guy. What was it, 9 in the morning? <laughs> this guy. Um, I just remember the, the brewery in front of us uh, had, you know, had probably 25 people. And, you know, we had three. And I was like, a, I was absolutely intimidated. When you look at all of these awesome breweries and, you know, how many people they bring. And they were wearing all their swag. And, they, you know, they brought their whole team. Uh, eventually, I'd love to do that. But, you know, I was definitely intimidated. Right, right. But it was cool. We, you know, everyone was, you know, when we, it was really funny. So when Burke, uh, literally, as the category chili beer comes up, Burke turns to me and said, which, which category did you enter Bad Ombre in? As he says that, the guy, he says, Aiton Sands, Silver Metal, Bad Ombre. Is your answer. And he's like, oh, I guess it's this one. <laughs> and everyone was clapping. Like, it was so surreal, like, walking in front of thousands of amazing brewers. And New Jersey was definitely represented well there as well. Um, yeah. A lot of those claps came from New Jersey people, which was great. From what I'm learning as I'm doing the podcast and meeting the brewers and talking to them and, and seeing people like we met at the event yep. at Forgotten Boardwalk a few weeks ago, the camaraderie amongst the brewers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in New Jersey mm-hmm. is is amazing. Yeah. You know, you hear about it in breweries as a whole, but to see it actually taking place, like when being at that event a few weeks ago, just to see all you guys, you know, you're all peers, you're all interacting, talking with each other, and it doesn't seem like, and and I haven't heard any, oh, this guy's a real a-hole, or they're miserable. You know, it's always, you know, you talk to people and you say, oh, where were you? Oh, yeah, I was at this brewery. Oh, they're great. And I Absolutely. know them and they're fi- they're phenomenal. And it's every brewery I'm at, you know, somebody has something good to say about who I talked to last week or who I'm going to talk to next week. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really a great... No, it's a great family yeah. atmosphere. Uh, definitely a sisterhood, brotherhood kind of thing. Um, you know, I used to work in the pool business as a kid. My family owns a pool business. And... We had a pool business that was kind of our rival. And when we pulled up to a house, we saw one of their trucks cross the street. We, you know, get very angry. Right, right. But, uh, you know, now when I deliver beer, you know, and make the beer, uh, when I see a different truck, it's like I can't wait to say hello to this person, mm-hmm. see how his day is going, mm-hmm. and see, you know, what's going, what do you guys got new coming up in the future? You know, it's, it's awesome. Right. It's definitely great. We all visit each other's breweries all yeah. the time. You know, right. I try to visit as many as possible. Yeah. Talk oh, to yeah, many people. Yeah, and just get, like, referring other breweries to accounts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If I can help another brewery get an account especially one that's trying to get into the crafts you know it's good for everybody yeah mm-hmm. it helps everybody yeah. rise and tide yeah. rise and tide all all yeah. lifts all ships yeah absolutely these guys have graciously poured a flight what do we got here and take me through them tell me about them mm-hmm. and, and I'll drink them well we call them rails here rails yeah. all okay. train brand okay although if you order a flight I'm pretty sure they'll know what you're talking oh, about absolutely yeah okay I would hope so anyway <laughs> I think the beer you just drove into was the the IPA number two. I think the one you have in your hand it's now, IPA yeah. number two. which is pretty much our our best selling beer. You know, it's our staple it's IPA. It's not pretty much. It's it is absolutely yeah, much. far and away yeah. our best selling beer. Right. I'm not. I, you know, I'm not mad about it, but because IPAs are are always almost always the best selling beer. Right. But, uh, you know, that's that's 
That's the deal. So this is uh, a New England, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So so hazy uh, Citra Mosaic mm-hmm. IPA. Okay. Six point two percent. And because it's New England, it's not that bitter. No, no, no. I believe IPAs go. Yep. I believe it's, it's thirty-five it's IBUs. Thirty-five, forty okay. IBUs. Yeah. yeah. And what does this come in at ABV? It's six point two percent. It's six two. Yep. So it's got a it's got a bit it's got a bit to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we really like to. Most of our beers are, are pretty dried out. He really likes mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, put these through their tasks. Um, he does not like sweet beers. Um, okay. I, you know, I, I enjoy a sweet beer, but uh, he doesn't have a good he, taste for them. He likes a little <laughs> chew on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He's still great at making sweet beers. I mean, our Russian Imperial Stout that is in the, the fermenters right now is pretty sweet. But oh yeah, he's it's fantastic. Any beer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's this one? That is the Brass Pounder. That's actually my personal favorite. That's my favorite, too, actually. It's an English mild. It's an English mild. It's the first uh, beer we perfected in my garage. Yeah. You worked on the the recipes in a garage. Are you still tweaking the recipes, or is it pretty much if you nailed it, you nailed it, and just dial it in every time? Yeah, for those, we definitely have nailed, and we we are not tweaking them. But, you know, for the new ones that we develop, you know, the first round that that we put it out, you know, we could absolutely tweak it um, after that. Maybe some of the processing of getting it, you know, to scaling it up. Maybe we're, you know, we do it this way. We dry hop this way now instead of before. But basically, the recipes have been the same. You know, once it hits the taps, it's, it's the recipe is pretty solid. Well yeah, down. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Use, using using our hop back with whole leaf cones. You know, using using hot powder, you know, extract, you know, he, he, he definitely plays around with all of it. Yeah, that, that's my favorite. It's like, I can pound those all day. I mean, it's nice. I'm, again, I'm a malty guy, so it's lighter, but still yeah. malty. Uh, 4.5, so you can drink it all day. So it's well, a nice sessionable, yeah. To some extent. It's got a great color to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really nice does. and clear. Yeah. We're Very probably going to be canning this in the future, I assume, too. I yes, yeah. yes. Well, since it's both of your favorites, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, again, so a brass pounder is, was, a back in the day, a telegraph operator. So, again, trying to all brand it okay. to get it out. So, the can is a really cool picture of, of like, a telegraph, like, from, from the top, you know, that you okay, could just kind of click it. on. Okay, that's cool. That's very nice. Next up. We have the coffee porter, which coffee is, a clo- is a close second for me. Um, I oh, love man. the coffee porter. That's also, other than the IPA, I would say the coffee is pretty close. You put a, an amazing porter with an amazing, you know, cold brew uh, coffee from square one. Okay. It's, it's awesome. That's the, I haven't tasted it yet, but the aroma is oh, just... Yeah. The aroma is coffee. It's, like, it's, it's what you want in it's a, a coffee co- porter. It's, it's, Definitely. it's a cup of coffee I had this morning. Yes. I, mean, just, I think Burke found the quintessential balance between, you know, do you want the beer to take the full front? Do you want the coffee? I think it's a little bit of both there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, like, the, obviously, the, on the nose is all coffee. Right. But I think it kind of sim- they, they merge very well. Well, you know? up front, it's the beer. When you taste it, mm-hmm. it's the, you get the beer first, mm-hmm. and it, in the, the after yep. is the coffee. The it's nutty, not, caramel, it's a nice coffee separation. kind of flavor, yep. It's like two different experiences in one mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely caffeinated as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's caffeinated and alcohol. It's, so you don't know whether it'd be up or down. Geez, yeah. Not to be confused with Four Loco, nothing like yeah. that. Okay. And they were, you know, they sent us a lot of different coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we just, you know, threw whatever coffee they gave us. He went through a lot of different variations until he landed on this one. This one. And they're based out of uh, Lancaster County, yep. by the way, okay. Square One. 
and they have roasters, uh, I think three or four locations in Philadelphia. Okay, so relatively close. Yeah. Local. All right, so then this, you said, is the pale. Yeah, it's the bow chaser. Bow chaser. Yeah. What is a bow chaser? Ah, good uh, question. So it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of. Is it? It's the derogative? No, I don't think so. But uh, it, it could I, be. I don't think so. No. Maybe. It's basically. It, it's a railroad cop. You know, to chase the hobos away. Bow chaser. Okay. Okay. Hobo yep. oh, chaser. Yeah. Bow chaser. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a. You know, when we originally opened, we didn't plan on naming any of our beers. We just kind of wanted it to be, you know, American Pale Ale, but the brand kind of, you know, spoke to us. I was like, you know, there were some really cool terms, obscure terms, you know, not in-your-face, gimmicky kind of names. Right. Um, not to say a lover will never put out one of those, but, uh, you know, like Blizzard Lights are Gruit. You know, those are, you know, Blizzard Lights on a Train. They're mm-hmm. actual lights on a train. Uh, brain Plate is, you know, I, I think he's a conductor on a train. I believe so. Okay. Um, brass Pounder, obviously, Telegraph Operator, and Smoke Agent. That's one of my favorite you know, names fire, we have. Firefighter. Yeah, it's perfect for that beer. Smoke beer. Uh, what's a Dunk's plan? What's <laughs> a Dunk's plan? <laughs> this one is, uh, you can take this one. That was, that was, uh, it was an interesting one. So, we needed a name for the Dunkelweizen, because... In our experience, you know, when we came out with our Hefeweizen, and you know, people kept, people were kind of nervous when they were pronouncing it. You know, as a Heffen wise, Heifer wise, like, okay, let's just make it easy. Let's call it a Hef. So when we, you know, we absolutely wanted to brew a Dunkelweizen. Um, okay, like we need a name for that because we don't want our customers, you know, trying to stumble with pronouncing it. So I think Kristen said, "All right, what's the dun- what's the Dunkelweizen plan? Like, what's the plan for the Dunkelweizen?" Okay. It's like, all right, Dunk's plan. That sounds fine. That sounds good. All right. So away from the train theme on that. Yeah, one. a little yeah. on that one. Okay. Right. Kind of similar to the bad hombre. It's not necessarily train themed. Okay. No. Although the. I, I'm not oh my ask, gosh. I'm not going to ask where bad hombre came from. Oh, yes. I know exactly, you know where, exactly, that exactly where it came from. <laughs> However, uh, and, uh, Anthony Parisi, local artist, is is coming up with our bottle labels, and he came up with this amazing train heist. You know, photo this bad hombre that's like okay. trying to take over this train. So when we bottle it, oh my, it's gonna look awesome. All right, well, and then you can tell people though it has nothing to do with that. It's yep. still train themed. <laughs> yep, yeah. there you go. That's our story. We're sticking to That's it. our story. <laughs> so the the pale, it's got a very fruity aroma. Yeah, I mean, very, very fruity. I get a lot of orange on the nose mm-hmm. and, I, in, and in, the, in the mouth as well. Yeah, orange yeah. tangerine, um, mm-hmm. definitely. It's it's obviously more, not more bitter forward, but more hop forward, mm-hmm. uh, aromatic, and in the flavor. Yep. Um, more obviously, hop forward than the IPA. Almost. Yeah. Almost. yeah. It's definitely um, definitely not you know an England style pale ale. Right. Which almost almost don't exist anymore. Again, when we were at GABF. You know, uh, the England-style pale ale, there were only, like, 30 beers that entered that. You know, I was which, surprised at that number. Yeah. I was sur- Yes. Yeah. Uh, you were surprised that there was that many. I still love a good, you know, Sierra Nevada pale ale, you know? Like, yeah. um, but, yeah. you know, hey, some of these styles are dying, and it makes me sad. Like, they cycle back eventually. I hope. Yeah. Like you the know, Mighty Phoenix, you know, they yeah. rise from the ashes. Like, like a couple 
couple of years ago, you could not find a craft pilsner. Yeah, that's done. very true. You know, and now I mean, not that they're mm-hmm. not that they're er- everywhere all the time, but you can find them at the liquor store. There are local New Jersey yeah. beers that you yeah. know breweries that make yeah pilsners yeah. and good pilsners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is nice. So what what has failed? So whether it's a beer, oh, an idea, has, oh, that's has a terrible anything, question. Has that's anything a terrible blown question. up in your face? Um, you know what didn't do as well as we hoped that it was because it was perfect. It was our Berliner Weiss? Yes, that's actually one of my favorite brews we've had, and oh my gosh. it goes along with our theme, you know, German European style mm-hmm. house. And people, everyone that had it enjoyed it, but I don't think it was a a two beer kind of thing. Yeah, I think if someone had a glass, that that was great. Mm-hmm. And then we'd order something else. Yeah, okay. we called it over the knoll, over the hill, like a train going over the hill. Okay. Three point five percent. Three point five percent. That might have something to do with that. You know, lower, very low, traditional sour. It was a kettle sour, which was really cool. Um, I loved it. It was perfect. Uh, but people, you know, it, you know, it didn't relate to people. Yeah. Now, was it? They weren't. Were they not ordering it, or they they hadn't? Like you said, was it just one and done, or were they staying away from it? Yeah, in the taste room, I think it was mainly one and done, or maybe a few. Um, as far as distribution wise, I think people were a little hesitant in bringing it on tap. Okay. Just because gotcha. they they. Were, probably weren't familiar with the style, right. which I tried to educate them on and things of that nature, but, you know, I think it's a style that will probably just isn't as popular as it could be. Yeah. Because it is great. It's delicious. Mm. Well, and then too, but in the U.S., low alcohol is a newer thing in the beer world. In like the even, craft In the yeah, craft beer. Yeah, but yeah. Even, even, look, even in the mass market, guys, right? I mean, Budweiser clocks in at, what, five? Which is not low. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering it's... Yeah, that's high for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, from a I thought taste they were closer to four, but yeah, yeah, you might be right at, at, at five, yeah. And it's just the history but of heavy. the history oh, of heavy. the alcohol content of beer in the U.S. always seemed to me like it was higher is better, and yeah. you know, the higher lower. means more flavor. Yeah, yeah. which is not which is true. true. <laughs> Another one of those misconceptions like we spoke about, you mm-hmm. know, coinciding hops with craft, and it was like you know, a higher ABV beer is just something more to be attracted to. Which, in some cases, I'm attracted to higher ABV beers. That's for sure. You know, depending on what day I'm having. But right, mm-hmm. well, yeah, depending on the day. Yeah. But like, but like you say, you know. A nice something that you can drink more than three, mm-hmm. especially over the course of a day. You know, it's so funny to say that because you know, back in 2014, you know, we're gonna be more of a sessionable brewery. You know, European style, true to, true to its flavor, kind of. You know, and all day IPA was one of our favorite sessional. You know, they yeah. kind of created. You know, it says it says it still holds up too. Yeah. Um, and then you know all the other we. As we're trying to get started, we see all of these other breweries, you know, make all these session IPAs and session this, session that. And it's like, oh, man. like Josh, you touched on something I wanted to go back to a little bit. So when you're, I mean, here at the tap room, educating the people who walk in is a much easier task. Absolutely. But when you go out, is there a worry that, yes, you can, you can talk to the bar owner, you can talk to maybe one or two of their, their staff even, but beyond that, people are not going to know what it is, it's not going to go, 
yeah, that, that is a concern of mine a lot of times. And the uh, same thing as restaurant owners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what helps the names help a lot, too. Right. Um, okay. Instead of explaining, you know, they see a name, like, oh, let me get that. Instead of, what, the, what is it? Hef- I'm not even going to go try it even more of that. Okay. I don't want to embarrass myself trying to pronounce Hefeweizen. You know? <laughs> okay, right, right. Um, but a lot of things, it's, it's educating. It really is having the staff taste the beer. Mm-hmm. You know, if the staff knows how it tastes, they can sell it. Right, um, right. If they enjoy Hefeweizen, like, oh, it's great, a mixture of banana and clove. That's all they really need to know. They don't really need to know about the style. If they know the flavor profiles, then they can sell it to their consumer, especially if they have a, a strong following, if they have you know, people that come in every day and mm-hmm. drink beer. I mean, as long, all it does is take one sip. If it's good beer, it's good beer. You know, right. It'll sell. Okay. But it is educating a lot of the staff and then them educating their clients out, okay. which is a little difficult. Cool. What's what's in the tanks now that's coming? Well, we'll give you a taste of what's in the tanks. Um, and one of them is our bad ombre because we sold out of that right. quickly after okay. we... I definitely want to try that before you know, we go. After, after we got the, uh, the silver. Um, in the barrels that are ready to come out oh, is yeah. our, our, our Belgian triple steel and snow uh, called steel and snow, which is, which is going to be amazing. Okay. Um, and also, it's a couple more of the a Russian Imperial Stout. Actually, is okay. is, a, is a new one that's uh, that we haven't released yet, which is going to go in the barrels. Most of it will go in the barrels uh, after the Belgian Triple comes out. Okay, nice. So we're definitely experimenting and moving around with the barrels right now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Other than that, I don't, what's in the horizon? We just added a lot, like the Dunkel Wise and the Boat Chaser. Those are all the Quiet Car. They're also brand new beers. Blizzard so. Lights, mm-hmm. Gruit. Lights. You know, we, yeah, we added a lot of new beers, actually. Nobody knows what a Gruit is, so... Yeah, a Gruit, I mean, it's very interesting. It's a historical beer before, you know, no hops, before they knew about hops. Okay. You know, the bittering agent in beer. They just added... I'll show you the list of stuff that's in it. It's some very interesting ingredients. Thank you, guys. You can check out Eight and Sand at 1003 North Evergreen Avenue in Woodbury, New Jersey. Their tasting room is open Wednesday through Sunday, and you can find out more at 8andsandbeer.com. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about the podcast at our blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate it. You can also leave a comment at the blog or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for the show. The email address is cheers at santefoto.com. You can also follow along on Instagram at santefoto, S-A-N-T-E-P-H-O-T-O. I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.